the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winninger, to Star Trek The Next Generation, which is a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, I love this episode. I liked it. It Yeah, you did? Stuff happened. Hell yeah! Stuff actually happened in this episode, which is a refreshing change of pace. Yeah. Last week was really slow. And the week before that. Yeah, and the week true. before that. Very, very true. <laughs> this one started a little slow, but yeah. then once it's kicking. Yeah. Ah, it's awesome. Fun fact. This will mean nothing to you, but yeah. mean a lot to Matter of audience. Honor is the episode. Oh, we're yeah, sorry. About, Fun fact. <laughs> Name of the episode. Matter of Honor. Yeah. This is the very first appearance of Bloodwine. Wait, what's Bloodwine? Bloodwine is... Did I miss the, that part? Yeah. Well, it's minor in this episode. Oh, is it when they're all, like, feasting or yes. whatever? Okay. Yeah. It's the Klingon drink of choice is Bloodwine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is we it actually... see a lot more blood. Really? Wine. Oh, yeah. Is it actually blood? I don't think so. Shoot, I should Google that, because I don't know what makes Bloodwine. One second. Okay. Bloodwine was a popular alcoholic beverage among the Klingons. Best served warm. As with many Klingon foods and beverages, it was not for the faint of heart. Blood wine is known to be highly intoxicating to the point that most non-Klingons were scarcely capable of tolerating it, and it was twice as potent as whiskey. Oh, wow. So that's like Everclear. Yeah, I mean, it's really strong. But I don't know if it's made from blood. Listeners, help us out. Is it made from actual blood? And if so, what creature does it come from? Yeah. It looks like blood. Huh. That's, anyway, that's first weird. appearance. Is, if it's like twice as potent, potent as whiskey, it's like 100% alcohol. That's right. Right? Yeah. Or almost 100% alcohol. Yes. Like 90% ethanol. Yeah. I mean, it is high-octane stuff. Yeah. But Klingons can handle that. They have a Different thicker, metabolism. heavier system than we do uh, in general. They're built for battle. They're built yeah. to handle anything. Fighting and drinking. Fighting and drinking. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Drinking the blood of something. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> if it is blood, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so this episode came out February 6th, 1989. Just a couple interesting little headlines. Uh, there was a summit in China. Mikhail Gorbachev of the Soviet Union is meeting with Chinese leaders to talk about a war in Cambodia. Mm. Uh, Vietnam is like been occupying Cambodia and, you know, like the Pol Pot people and shit that there was a big war between them and Vietnam. And also, Ted Bundy has just been executed. Oh, wow. And papers are, like, publishing pictures of his body. Oh, that's creepy. And so there's a big, like, controversy over that. Whether or not we should do that? Right, yeah. So... Has that happened since? I don't know. I don't know if papers have, like, published pictures. It's kind of like a grisly thing to do, but, you know, so is killing someone. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have, Not according to the Klingons. Right, yeah, not according to them. It's I have a weird... Life. Story about Ted Bundy, actually, because my parents went to high school with this guy who ended up being an anti-death penalty activist in Florida, and he 
got to know Ted Bundy uh, on death row because, like, he was, you know, his whole thing was like, yeah, Ted Bundy's a terrible guy, but we shouldn't, the state shouldn't be killing people. Right. And so he got to know Ted Bundy, and Ted Bundy, like, gave his ashes to him in his will. It's like, hey, make sure these get spread. So you have seen Ted Bundy's ashes? I, I didn't see it, but we went to Thanksgiving dinner at his house one time. That's so creepy. When I was like three years old, and my parents told me, it's like, yeah, uh, Ted Bundy's ashes were in the closet behind you. Like, <laughs> That is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So, Do you think uh, his house is haunted? You know, if I, believed, if I believed that kind of thing, I would say definitely. <laughs> if you have a serial killer's body in your house... Yeah, dude, that's Yeah, man, you're going to get some ghosts in there. <laughs> so, Shit, dude. Yeah. Well, we should probably get to the episode, Matter of Honor. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's like, as we said earlier, it started off kind of slow. A little bit. As it tends to happen. You know, the Enterprise is always on some routine thing that... Never actually gets done, mm-hmm. except the routine thing actually happened in this. There That's wasn't right. really that much of a B plot. There kind of was, yeah, but it was like highly intersecting with yes, the A plot. It had a lot to do with the A plot. So yeah. that must have been satisfying to you. It was. Yeah, they actually had an A plot and B plot, and they didn't like contradict uh, contradict each other or like have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Like, it was a finely crafted episode, I thought. Yeah, Patrick, so, I yeah, like all these good. positive words you're it using. It was good. Uh, so, yeah, the Enterprise is passing some Starbase, and they uh, are doing, like, this crew exchange thing, or, like, some crew refresher. They're getting a replacement crew, and I guess they're sending some people out. Mm-hmm. And one of the people is uh, Benzite, is the, which you may remember as the vaping alien from uh, last season. Yeah. Uh, same actor as well. Oh, it was. Yeah, and you know why? Because they didn't want to make a new head mold. Uh, <laughs> it was a that's budget great. thing. It's yeah. a budget thing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he looks exactly like the other guys. So, like, Wesley is in the transporter room, and he sees this Benzite guy. He's like, oh, you know, that's the guy. That's Mordok. That's the guy I took that uh, exam with. And he says, like, oh, hey, Mordok, what's up? And the guy's like, uh, I don't know who you are. Yeah. He's like, oh, all of you look the same. I know, which is so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that. not this a weird thing to say? You know, in the future, in in the future. (laughs) But then he says, no, uh, it's actually not that weird. All of us have the exact same structure, like genetic structure. So we do actually look the same. And he's like, well, how do you tell each other apart? He's like, I don't know. We just do. Yeah. So this guy's name is Mendon, not Mm -hmm. Mordok. He just happens to look the same as we know it's because of for budgetary reasons. (laughs) So he's like super eager to help people out. Uh, and he's like, I'm really looking forward to my time on the Enterprise. And then we cut to the holodeck, I guess. Yes. it's uh, There's some kind of phaser practice going on. The with... true reason it's there. Right. Yeah. Not it's for, for training. going to fake New Orleans and, you know, <laughs> uh, almost getting the ship blown up while it's parked. Right. Uh, yeah, so Riker and Picard, they're doing phaser practice. They're yeah. actually using the holodeck for its intended purpose. Which was fun. Yeah, and it was a cool little scene. You know, it, it's definitely dated because it's 1989, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's neat. They're, like, talking about a uh, a ship transfer that they're going to do while they're, you know, shooting targets and stuff. And Riker wants to sign up to be the first human to do a ship transfer on a Klingon vessel. And why? Because it's never been done before. Yeah! It's never been Riker's done before. Riker's like, ah, I'm really... He's like, you definitely see, like... 
the swashbuckling side of him here. Yes. Like he really wants to be the first human officer on a Klingon vessel. Because I, I, I'm not entirely sure about the background here. You were telling me that, you, you know, the Klingons and humans used to be at war. For a long time. And then they've only recently joined the Federation. Right. So Worf is the first Klingon to be a, a member of Starfleet. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's a trailblazer himself. So the Klingons, are they in the Federation because of the Romulans? Or what's what's the deal there? I think so. It's not really clear? Uh, I don't remember. I... I believe it's because of the Romulan threat. Uh, the Klingons were fighting with the Romulans as well, and so there's a treaty now that's in existence between the Federation and the Klingons. Oh, okay. Because the Klingon fleets aren't really Federation fleets. They have, they have their protocol, own. They have their own. They, ships. they have their own defense force. Yeah, yeah. But they are. There is a treaty between the two, and they're at peace. Okay. So uh, Picard tells everyone on the ships, like, "Oh, you know, Riker's going to go do this thing." Uh, the ship uh, Klingon vessel is called the Pog, which yeah. it's hard to say, so I'm just going to call it the Pog. <laughs> and it's from Hawaiian milk bottles, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got Alf uh, on it, and, like <laughs> An eight a ball, of, yeah. <laughs> weird skateboarding cartoon character, yeah, and, a lot you know, of that. Get yeah. to collect them. So he tells everyone, "Yeah, I know Riker's going to do this thing, and Riker's going to go as an officer. He's going to have to command." Klingons. Yeah, he'll be number two. Yeah, so he he like talks to Worf, and is you know that's the guy you got to talk to, and he's like, hey, you know, tell me some stuff about Klingon culture. And Worf is like, well, you know, one of the things that you have to do as first officer on a Klingon vessel. I don't know how Worf knows this because he's never served as one. I know this part is continuity wise kind of weird. He says yeah. he has done extensive research, it, which makes sense, you know, on his people. He was raised by humans, but he's never been on a. Klingon ship himself, as far as we know. Yeah, but, you know, I buy that he's studied a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff, and you know, he's taken interest in his own culture. But one of the things that he says a first officer has to do is, like, if a captain does not, you know, perform his duty, first officer has to assassinate him. Boom. And Very important piece of information. Yeah. And Riker's a little put off by this. And Worf is like, nope, this is what you got to do. And Riker's like, well, how does any Klingon vessel stay in space? Which is a question I asked you while we were watching this later. Yeah, well, right. uh, <laughs> we'll get to that part. And Worf is like, I don't know. It's just worked for centuries. This is what we, you know, if your officer is, you know, has dereliction of duty, you got to gotta kill him. Everyone that serves on a Klingon vessel understands that this is how it works. You can be killed at any time by your subordinates if they think that you're not strong enough. Yeah, which I think says a lot about Klingon culture. Yeah. And they spend the rest of the series really dealing with some of these rules that were established in this episode. Because really? so far, we haven't learned that much about them. We only uh. had two Klingons on earlier, right? Uh, in season one. Heart of Glory, yeah. Heart of Glory, which I thought was a solid episode it was as good. well. Um, but we've seen it through the eyes of Klingon criminals, but this is like the true establishment of Klingons. Like these guys were all doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're all noble, proud Klingons. We've never seen that before, which I thought was cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that about it. Yeah. And uh, we see Klingon women. I don't think we've seen women before, really, or m- not much. Have we? No, we did see one, but it was uh, an apparition that Q made. That's right. But uh, we, we actually see that the Klingon women are warriors themselves. Yeah. Uh, but the mirror image of that, in, in I guess either the A or the B plot, I, I'm gonna say B plot is Mendon, the Benzite guy. He's walking around the ship. Remember, he was really eager to serve. He was. That's his whole thing. Yeah, and I think he even says that at the beginning. 
And Riker's like, that is your way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. He is a little too eager, though. Oh, he's a nerd. He's, he's going around. He's telling everyone how to do things. And he's just, like, giving these little tweaks. Uh, you know, he goes to one of the security officers, like, you should do the shield like this. And, you know, he goes over to Wesley. And even Wesley is tired of his bullshit. And then finally, Wesley is like, have you ever, like, done this stuff yourself? And he's like, well, I worked in simulations, which is not the same thing. Not at all. Uh, and everyone just kind of brushes him off, as yep. you would do, you yes. know. You know what's weird about this episode? There's no Jordy LaForge. I noticed that. You would think Jordy would be able to hang with him. Yeah. And be like, well, actually, we do he it this way. He is kind of right. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, good point, or whatever. Uh, yeah. But there's no Jordy. Kind of temperate. Yeah. I kind of got the feeling he is sort of like hyper Jordy. Like, I like Jordy as a character. I hated this guy. That's right. Because he, I don't know, he kind of embodies like all the stuff that I hate about certain Star Trek characters. Like, there's always this guy who's like, nice, but just telling people how to do stuff. Yeah. Because like, I'm smart. I went to the academy or whatever. It's like, shut the hell up, dude. (laughs) We're keeping the ship in space, aren't we? Like, we're... We're flying at, like, warp seven or whatever. We're doing fine. Go to your station. Leave me alone. Do your job. That's right. Yeah. Star Trek has a long history. Well, a season and a half of having these types of characters come in and disrupt the ship. Overly, like, these precocious but also super irritating nerds that don't know how to talk to people. It's a bunch of Wesley Crushers running around. There are a bunch of Wesley Crushers running around, except Wesley Crusher is, like, getting better. Yeah, he's good in this episode. Right. He's. I think he's great in this episode because he, like, knows how to deal with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's what this Mendon guy is doing. And uh, meanwhile, in 10 Forward, in the in the bar, Riker is just, like, gorging himself on this gross shellfish. Oh, it's so nasty looking. <laughs> yeah. You can tell the props people, just, like, I want, I just order me 10 octopuses and, yeah. <laughs> and put them on a plate. It looked like a lot of seafood and noodles. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what he's eating. One of the things that he's eating is called gark. Yeah. Which that becomes like, big, too. Like worms. He's yeah. just basically eating worms. He invites Pulaski to try some. She's like, nah, no thanks. And uh, Picard points out that it's apparently a tradition to feast before being sent to another vessel. Which I did not know. I didn't know that either. But he also does not partake. Like, he, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll drink with you. And he, like, picks up a Klingon drink and he's like, nah, no nope, thanks. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, he smells it and changes his mind. Yeah. It's not Earl, Earl Grey. <laughs> but Riker is into it. Yeah, he's getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, good, you know, good for him. He's got to, though. Oh, yeah. His life is on the line once he gets right. there. So Riker heads to the transporter room. He's about to go over to the pog. And Worf gives him this little, like, transmitter thing. And he's like, you know, this will just send a transmission directly to me, just in case. Just in case you get in any trouble. You never know what's going to happen. I'm sure you won't, you know, <laughs> but, you know. And uh, then, so then the pog comes. They uh, have him up on the view screen. There's, uh, the captain's name is Cargan. And this is the first time I think we've seen the inside of a Klingon ship, I believe ship, right? so. Okay. I've watched so much Star Trek, it's hard because you're inside Klingon yeah. ships a lot. Like, we've but seen the these people one. on the view screen, but this is the first time it's actually gone in. So this is a oh, big yeah. deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. Because they haven't done this before. But So he tells them, it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're ready to send Riker over. And uh, Meanwhile, Mendon is over at his station, and he's just scanning the ship, and... He notices some kind of bacteria that it's inconclusive what it is. 
Yeah, this is an eye roll moment. God. He spends a lot of time looking at this inconclusive bacteria. <laughs> right, and it's on the Klingon vessel, and he just doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't tell anyone. What? Why not? Yeah. Well, I guess because we find out later he doesn't understand protocol. Right, but Ugh. I thought it was like he got yelled at so much that he was like, oh, I'm now I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been pretty funny. Right. But it turns out he just doesn't understand uh, human protocol. Yeah. So, yep, he scans it, <laughs> finds something bad that's definitely going to affect the rest of the episode, and he just fails to tell anyone. Of course. Then we have my favorite part of the episode. Okay. Riker goes into the transporter. Miles O'Brien is like, all right, well, I'm going to send you over. And then he's like, no, oh, you're not scared at all, are you? And he's like, no, why should I be? I don't know. I'd just be scared. Bye. <laughs> he's like telling him, he's like, hey, dude, you're probably going to die. And then he's like, what? And then he just transports him. Yeah, this is the second time they've done that. <laughs> like, well, I love this dude. And Miles O'Brien had served in the military. Uh, I don't know if that backstory has come out yet. but I don't think it has. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, he's been a soldier in his life. So he would be aware of what it's like to fight the Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just tells him, he's just like, wow, uh, Kind of weird you're not scared, huh? And Riker's like, no, why should I be scared? He's like, you should probably be scared. Yeah. And then he just like hits the button. See you later. Says, well, bye. <laughs> yeah, he should be scared. Yeah. That's a scary place to be. It's on a break. Well, yeah. uh, Riker is not really concerned yet, mm-hmm. but will be. Um, so the Pog uh, got it gets Riker on it and heads off. Picard is... Still calling it the Pog. I, I can't pronounce this the shit, Pog. man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. It's the Pog. <laughs> I'm going to hurt my throat. Gotcha, gotcha. So Picard's about to head off to the ready room or whatever, and Mendon is, like, trying to talk to him, but instead of talking about the huge important thing he just found, he's just like, mm, Captain, I noticed that your shield scan, blah, 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 this would do better if you took my minute changes into account. And the captain's like, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, normally you got to tell your commanding officer, please don't bother me. Which I love this. He basically says, you got to tell Worf, and then Worf will tell me if it's important. Right. Picard never believes Worf. Yeah. So if you want a surefire way not to get your ideas well, that's, heard, yeah, you I tell Worf. that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> he's just like... Leave me alone. Yeah, put yeah. this in the memory hole. That's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just basically giving him some kind of do-nothing task, and Worf is pretty much there just to intercept shitty ideas. <laughs> so, But Mendon doesn't tell him about the... The bacteria. The, the bacteria colony. The inconclusive bacteria. Right. Yeah. So Picard just, like, leaves. <laughs> yep. See you later. Right. I got some Shakespeare to read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on the Pog, Riker is uh, being brought to the captain by one of his subordinates, I guess. And this guy is, like, staring at him. Like, well, he's never seen a human Yeah, before. and then he's like, well, what are you looking at me for? He's like, I've just uh, never seen a human. And he's like, well, I'm your commanding officer, so get used to it. And <laughs> take me to the captain. He goes to the captain, Cargan, and it's kind of a tense meeting. It's weird, like... Klingon and humans, uh, they're allies. They're both in the Federation. But uh, Cargan is like grilling Riker. Like, I, can I trust you the same way I trust the rest of my crew? Where do your loyalties lie and all this stuff? And Clog is this guy. He's the second officer. Technically, he's supposed to be subordinate to Riker. 
he says some stuff in Klingon in front of Riker, and Cargan's like, no, we got to use our language, you know, the common language here. And Clog is like, I don't trust this guy. See, here's another weird continuity thing. What's that? Well, they have the universal translator. Oh, so Riker should be able to understand oh, it. Right, why he's wearing his comms badge. Yeah. He should be able to understand anything. Yeah, right? that doesn't make sense. It's confusing. Yeah. Mm. Well, so... It's a cool... I think it's a great scene. It is. But, yeah, there's continuity problems with it. So this is the part where I start to wonder how the ship, any Klingon <laughs> ship, stays in space. Because, you know, it's hard to keep something in space. You've got an endless vacuum outside. <laughs> You've got life support systems. That's right, yes. You've got shields and, you know, yeah. all this... Space bacteria. Space all bacteria. Sorts of all sorts on. of things you got to worry about. Clog is just like, I don't trust this guy, and Riker just beats the shit out of him. But that's but that's you how you do. do it. That's how you show your dominance mm -hmm. as your first... He's like, I'm your first officer. If you don't trust me, you know, we got to go. And he, like, throws him into a computer and electrocutes him. And Well, I think it's funny. All it takes is a body hitting the computer and sparks fly. And sparks fly everywhere. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, so this... Happens a lot, right? right. On Klingon things. They're always breaking shit by throwing <laughs> each other. It's, it's like, how does this ship stay? Like, well, that's why it's so... There's like a lot of armor inside of it. That, you oh, notice? okay. That makes sense. It's yeah. a lot more armored than the inside of the Federation ship. Right. Like the Federation ship is Because they're like beating sleek. each other up. Yeah. <laughs> it's sleek. It's well lit. He gets in there. It, it's like a World War II submarine. Oh, yeah. yeah it's very Red light. cramped. Very dark. Everything is metal. Uh... So I guess that does make sense. It's like, well, yeah, you know, we built a ship this way because we're constantly beating the tar out of each other That's inside right. of it. Yep. yep. <laughs> Except he still breaks a computer. He does, yeah. No one goes over there to immediately fix that. You know, it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, that was a life support. Uh, <laughs> that's a science station. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just an extra computer, apparently. I guess so. It's just that's a computer they have for throwing people into. Yeah. <laughs> But it works, you know. Clog it's the computer that makes sparks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the electrocuting computer. So, yeah. But it works. Clog is like, well, you beat me up, so I accept your authority. Uh, back on the Enterprise, Worf notices the bacteria thing. And he's like, oh, that's weird. Uh, this thing is, like, expanding. Uh, and it's on the Enterprise hull. It's not on the Klingon ship hull this time. He's like, this thing is rapidly growing. It's some kind of subatomic bacteria, which I don't understand how that exists. No, that shouldn't uh, happen, but it's the future. Okay, all right. In the future, there are single cells that are smaller than an atom, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's doubling in size every 15 minutes, but the, the problem is it is feeding on the hull. So it's some kind of corrosive bacteria. Yeah, like barnacles, right? Right. And Mendon is like, mm, I noticed that. And, I just didn't say anything. Right, and everyone's like, why the hell didn't you tell anyone about this, Mendon? And it turns out it is Benzite procedure to not tell anyone until all tests have been deemed conclusive. So he was scanning this bacteria, and he couldn't figure out what it was. And in, I guess, on Benzite ships, they would say, well, you know, you don't bother a commanding officer with it, you know, until there's a definite solution. Bother them about, like, minor changes to absolutely everything that they do on the ship. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that could possibly eat through the hull. Wait until you definitely know what it is. Yes. And Picard's just like... That's why they're not as advanced as the Federation. I guess so. <laughs> That's what's holding them back as a species. Right. Picard's like, well, okay, I get that, but you are on a Starfleet ship. 
So you follow Starfleet protocol, which is alert me when there is something like that happening, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And Worf like growls at him, and Mendon is having a bad day. He is. So he needs some more of that vape. Yeah. So he he like vapes and like turns back to his science station, and he's got to like actually do the scan and figure out what it is. And he's like, "Well, but that could take hours." And Picard's like, "I don't care. Do it. Like, that is your job. All of us will die if you don't do this." So I think. I like that part because I hate Mendon, and he kind of got put into his place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a cultural difference, and that's why, but I don't know. Just, the guy's just such a nerd telling everyone what to do. Hey, pot calling the kettle black. I know, Patrick. I know, but <laughs> he's just so bossy. He's really bossy. I think that's what it is. He's got no decorum. Like it's his first three minutes on the, on the ship, ship he's, and he's already telling, telling everyone what's up. how to do things. Yeah, yeah, and it's wrong probably. Well, there's a reason they do it the way they do it, right? And he's never done it in an actual space. It's all right. been a simulation. Yeah. It's not like he's um oh what's the the guy the auditor who came through right whose face ends up exploding. Yeah, who, well, you know he he was actually a parasite. So, right. <laughs> but it's not like he knows what he's talking about. Right. He's auditing the ship. Yeah. He's assigned to a specific post yeah. that he's not doing very well. Nope. Uh, meanwhile, in the Pog, uh, Riker is kind of getting to know the crew, I guess, in the mess hall. And it is gross the way the, the Klingons eat. Like, they're just snapping bones and, like, slobbering and stuff. And uh, and using their hands. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Wasn't that what the Russians did when they first, um, uh, like, this is way back, like... Um, Shit, I'm so bad with names. Peter the Great? Yeah, when Peter the Great was starting to do diplomacy throughout the rest of Europe, he was like, guys, we got to stop eating with our hands. Like, everybody's eating with their, using forks and utensils. I don't know if it was that. I know he got rid of beards. But, you know, you might be right. I think they were very messy. They would, like, talk with their mouths full. It was just cultural differences. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds, yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I know he made everyone get rid of, like, their beards and stuff, and they had to conform at least the nobility had to conform to uh western european cultural norms right and i think that's what the klingons are meant yeah to the klingons represent. have not gotten no they're not there yet no <laughs> they're uh yeah they're slobbering and they're eating really messy and like Riker's kind of into it he's like all right i prepared for this i specifically ate all of these gross meals i can like, name them yeah and even eyeing klingon women and all this stuff he's, the and, women think they're gonna break them and oh they yeah try they're it. like the women are just like giving him a hard time, which is kind of funny to see. And This is one of the dopest Riker lines of the season, is when the two women are like eyeing him up, and his Klingon buddy says, oh, they want to see if you can handle it. And he goes, one of them or both? Yeah, and that like... <laughs> so Riker! He had been like losing them at that point. When he says that, everyone like laughs, and the women too, and they, you know, they kind of leave. And they're like, all right, this guy's okay. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor. Right. And that's why they say they like him. And Riker's like, I didn't know y'all had a sense of humor. And he starts talking to the other, two of the other Klingons that stay behind. They're like, well, yeah, of course. You know, like, we're different, but we're not that different. Like, I have a mother and a father. And he starts asking them about their parents. And this is where it gets weird. Uh, One guy's like, well, yeah, my mom's still alive. Uh, My dad died in honor, you know, in in some battle. The other guy, though, when Riker asks him about his dad, he gets depressed and he says, "Well, my father was captured and not allowed to die." 
And so he's back on the Klingon homeworld after escaping, and he's just got to wait and die a natural death like some coward, and I will never see him. And Riker's like arguing with him. He's like, but that's your dad. This is, there's a huge cultural difference. So I want you to remember this episode. Just remember this and what Riker says, because in the future we find out Riker has not spoken or seen his father in 15 really? years. Really? Oh. Yeah. So Riker is such a freaking hypocrite in yeah. this moment. Because well, I, I guess he's projecting. Yeah, like I should call my father. I haven't seen him in fifteen years. Yeah, man, hit up that comms badge. Yeah, come on, just tap your chest and talk to your dad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's a huge cultural difference. You know, uh, he's like, well, Klingons are not our family. We are our deeds, and my father's a coward, and that's he's a pariah. I can't talk to him. Yeah, and Riker just doesn't get it. It's it's, it's it cultural is a difference. Big difference because yep. they have all their houses and stuff, and again, all of this gets flushed out more yeah. later. Um, but the whole thing of dying in battle is so important to the Klingons. That is how you, that is why they kill each other too. It's honorable. It's the right way to go out is yeah. in a battle in some way. They see dishonor as worse than death. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, so, in death, you'll get welcomed into the. Right. You go to yeah. like Klingon Valhalla or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was called. Yeah. And they open your eyes and scream. It's yeah. so cool to yeah. warn the gods that a warrior is coming. Yeah. It's badass. It is pretty badass. Uh, meanwhile, back in the Enterprise, uh, they're starting to like figure out what this thing is. And, and Data's saying, is like, well, you know, these organisms, they eat the hull. We know that. And the Pog is in much greater danger than us. Yeah, because it's been there for a while. It's been there for a while, and it's like weaker, I think. Uh, it's more susceptible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Enterprise is probably going to be okay. Uh, so Picard's like, well... We got to go intercept the Pog. We got to let him know what's happening. And Cargan is calling Riker to the Pog's bridge at this time. And he's like, hey, man, we got a hole in the hole. You know anything about that? And, you know, we've got uh, some kind of space organism on the hole. I don't know how it got there. Do you know how it got there? And he's like grilling him. Uh, Riker, well, we got to repair it, right? Let's, let's just get to repairing it. Apparently, it's going to take too long to repair. Cargan has an idea of where it came from. He starts asking Riker about the Enterprise. When they first met with the Pog, they had this scanning beam, and he thinks it's a weapon. This guy is so stupid. It's so dumb. He's and Riker's so like, stupid. Riker's like, no, that's Federation protocol. You got to scan a vessel when it, you know, when you, when you meet it. It's not a weapon. You know this. You're in the Federation, dude. Right. Uh, Cargan is just not buying it. He insists that the organism was put there by the Enterprise through some kind of beam. I know, and he just keeps going, I do not believe you, no right. matter what fact is presented to him. Yeah. Uh, so there's one point where he's like, well, how, how can I find that out? How, how can I trust you? And Riker's like, I don't know. Ask them. And, and Cargan's like, no. like, absolutely not. <laughs> just ask him. Come on. <laughs> just. Just talk to him. Yeah, but he he's refuses like, no, to I'd do it. No, I'd rather kill everyone. Yeah, and then there's this hailing frequency. He's like, I ignore that. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he cloaks the ship, which yeah. uh, the humans don't have cloaking technology, right? No, okay. that's part of the treaty. Yeah, so he cloaks the ship, and he's about to go attack the Enterprise, which he would definitely die. Yeah, he's going to lose. Riker's like, there's no way you're going to win this right. fight. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. We'll shoot first and destroy them. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on, in the B-plot, Wes is talking to Mendon, and Mendon is, you know, he's having a bad day. He's like, well, I screwed up. Well, uh, so Wes is trying to make him feel better by saying, he's like, look, man, buddy, you just messed up. Everybody messes up. The captain hates it when people mess up, but he understands that it does happen. Hmm. So just 
forget it, move on, try to do better at the next thing that you do. And it does seem to make him feel better. And he asks him, he's like, why are you being nice to me? And Wes is just like, I don't know, why not? Like, uh, yeah, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> I'm not a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, start to like this Wes. This Wes is all right. He is all right. Uh, Less snivelly, you know? Right, yeah. Less Mary Sue. Yes. So Just a kid flying a starship. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. As you do in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the hole on the pog is, like, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Cargan, the captain, he sends Riker over to engineering. And uh, Clog is just like, look, I don't think Riker knows anything about what's going on. Like, He's maybe, a good man. Maybe he's a spy. I don't know. But he's not, like, he's not a bad guy. I kind of think we should listen to him. Cargan isn't having it. Uh, (laughs) There's a treaty. They're at peace with one another. So, Clark, this guy who, like, physically fought with Riker is actually standing up for him against the captain, Uh, which in Klingon culture, I'd assume, is a big deal. A big deal. The next step is assassinating the captain. (laughs) So got to kill him. Right. Yeah. So Riker comes back, and uh, tactical officer reports that, oh, Enterprise is coming. So this is a big moment. What's going to happen? Are we going to actually attack well, it? And the big and, thing is the Enterprise is heading right for them. Yeah. So the Enterprise must be on a, uh, an attack course. Yeah. But they're cloaked. They can't see. Yeah, <laughs> like, they don't really know what's happening, but the Enterprise is just coming to it to help them. Right. Cargan's like, well, they must be trying to kill us. Arm the photon torpedoes. <laughs> so the Enterprise is like looking around for the pog. Data's like, all right, they cloaked themselves, didn't they? Yeah, they probably cloaked themselves. Yeah, it sure so, seems that way. There's no debris or right, anything. Right, yeah. So Riker is back uh, on the ship. He's trying to talk to Captain Cargan. He's like, look, the Enterprise is trying to help us, dude. This is just bacteria. It happens. They're trying to fix the problem. Please don't get all of us killed. Cargan isn't listening. And he tells Riker, he's like, well, you know, since, since you gave uh, me your word, uh, and you gave the Enterprise your word. Who who are you working for, buddy? And Riker's just caught at this impasse where he's just like, yeah. look. Rocking a hard place. I, I took an oath to you. I also took an oath to Starfleet. I cannot disobey either of those oaths. Uh, so Riker's just like, you know, I'll obey my orders. I will not break the Starfleet oath. And Cargan then says, well... If you told me uh, the Enterprise's, you know, secrets, like how to how to destroy the Enterprise, I would have killed you immediately. Not because I would have known you're because a traitor. I would have known you're a yeah. traitor to your people. But you're not. But you're not. I still don't believe anything you say. Like, <laughs> I'm still gonna kill everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you'll get to watch them die. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the Enterprise, Mendon has like figured out what is going on, and he's like, okay, well, we can use this neutrino beam to kill the bacteria. So Picard's like, all right. Uh, we'll tell the Pog that if that does anything. Uh, Pog gets the mes- message. Cargan is like, nah, I don't believe you. Uh, we're still going to attack. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really nothing the Enterprise could do. To- it's so stupid. He's yeah. such an idiot. He's a yeah. terrible captain. That's the problem. Yeah. However he got to that rank, who knows? I know. I don't know how the ship is still in space, as I've said earlier. <laughs> well, they have the broken computer that's meant to be broken. Yeah. Okay. It. Yeah. So they figure out what's going on. The Enterprise is just trying to 
get this neutrino thing to destroy the bacteria. So they raise the shields. Cargan immediately orders the torpedoes to be readied. And Riker's like, wait. Wait till we get 40,000 kilometers from the Enterprise. And then Clog is like, yeah, see? He's honoring his commitment to the ship, right? Uh, and Riker's like, I still still kind of don't really go along with this. And he gets that little transmitter thing. Yeah, that baby's coming back. And Cargan's like, hey, what's that? Is that a weapon? And he's like, no, it's not a weapon. Here, here, you can have it. <laughs> and he gives it to him. Wham, bam, <laughs> trickery! Yeah, Worf immediately detects a signal back in the Enterprise. And Picard is like, all right, lock on that signal, beam Riker back. He thinks Riker has it in his hand. Uh, yeah, and something's wrong with Riker. Yep. But Once again, Worf is wrong. It turns out it's Cargan. Cargan is beamed onto the bridge and immediately just tries to shoot someone. Riker or, or Worf is pretty quick on the trigger and stuns him immediately. Yeah. So this is what I kind of like about this episode is like shit is actually happening. Yeah, it's action packed. Yeah. Cargan gets beamed off the bridge before any kind of order from the pog to fire could be given. Riker takes command. Yeah, Riker's Riker's in charge, man. Because that's what happens. The Car- yeah. uh, Cargan's not on the ship. Riker's the first officer. Clog has to listen to him. So Cargan is relieved of command. Uh, so yeah, uh, he comes back onto the pog. Riker tells Clog, "Is like, well, I'm I am the captain now." <laughs> Yeah, look at me. I am in charge. <laughs> and like he a, sits in the chair. Right, he sits in the captain chair of a Klingon vessel, which is super weird. Yeah. I don't know much about Star Trek, but I know that the Klingons were the bad guys in the last one, right? <laughs> so he orders the ship to be decloaked, hails the Enterprise, and demands that Picard surrender, which is, you know, he's just kind of going through the motions, and Picard is like, okay, buddy. I'm just going to send this Cargan uh, guy back. Cargan uh, is pissed. Yeah. The Pog's hull gets repaired. Cargan is proved wrong. <laughs> Riker is like, gets into a fight <laughs> yes. with Cargan. So rather than assassinating the captain, which he probably technically should have done, right? Right. Well, that's what Cargan's saying, too. Like, you should have killed me. Why didn't me. you kill me? Yeah, they fight. You know, the, no one. I don't think anyone gets thrown into the fighting computer <laughs> at this point. But Riker gets a he gets a shiner. Yeah, he gets punched right in the eye. Yeah, and uh, you know, Cargan's like, "Clog, get this man off my vessel." And there's like this nice moment between Clog and Riker where there's like, You're "Pretty good dude," you know. Which in a human ship we would think it's like, "Oh, well, these people are fighting. They obviously hate each other." But the fighting is just like their cultural mechanism of how to resolve conflict. Yes, in a Peaceful way, kind of. It's how they show love. It's how they show right. everything. Like, mm-hmm. violence is not... No, it, violence it, is good. Violence is good Yes, to them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you hate someone. No, not at all. Not at all. It's also, like, a big sign of respect. So, Riker was able to navigate through all of this weird cultural uh, differences and to get the ship not blown up. Yeah, and I love this line, once he comes back, between, I think it's Picard and Riker... Uh, where Picard's like, oh, well, it looks like you learned a lot, but you didn't learn how to duck. And he goes, no, I learned when not to duck. So he intentionally got <laughs> right. that shiner. He intentionally got hit. Yeah. He had to let Cargan hit him. Yeah, totally. So Cargan could take it back and have his honor and pride. Right. So the, the last uh, scene is, you know, Riker comes back onto the ship, and he's talking to Worf, and he's like, you know, Worf, you come from a pretty uh, interesting and very strong people. And Worf is like, yep, uh, yeah, we're pretty cool. Uh 
And then Riker's like, I'm really glad to have you aboard. And Riker and Worf says, welcome home. Uh, so I don't think Worf would want to be on that vessel. No. Well, not yet. I don't think at this point he would. No, not yet. He's not ready for it, but he will be soon. Oh, okay. He spends a lot of time on Klingon vessels and on the Klingon homeworld. We, oh, we really we learn way more about them as the show gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's a lot more. You see all the stuff they have to work with now. Like season mm-hmm. one and two is a lot of time setting the Setting table. up characters. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much rich history with Klingons that you can work with and questions you can ask and really cool stuff that we just couldn't do until after this episode, frankly. It's a great one. This, yeah. is, this is one of my favorites. So, speaking of that, this is a part of the podcast where we like to rate the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, great, must-watch television, we set it to kill. If we thought it was, meh, okay, you know, if it comes up in the queue, check it out, we set to stun. And if it's avoid at all costs, this is garbage television, we leave it in the holster. So, Patrick, what did you think? I think this is probably the first set to kill of season two. Yeah! Yeah, set to kill from Patrick Winnegar. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I generally like the Klingon episodes, and uh, I, you know, the the main thing about Star Trek and like how it's different from a lot of you know, space operas is that their big thing is how people navigate cultural differences. Yes, you know, it's supposed to be allegories for a lot of stuff in the real world. Uh, it was well done. You know, you had the A plot and the B plot that actually had something to do with each other. <laughs> there was actually something going on it took a little while to get into it but you know once you were there in in the middle of the story you are invested in what's going on you hope Riker gets out of it and you hope that he doesn't accidentally start a war with another part of the federation yes uh because all there's actual stakes you know and they handled it well it was good yeah set to kill boom I agree Patrick set to kill this might be my third fourth of the season but you know what? You give a lot of A's. A! I love this show. It's an A-plus <laughs> show. That's the thing. And this episode is one of them. Yeah, it gets a little... Uh, the writing at times is almost laughable. But the, That's Star Trek, though. Yeah, but the overall story and what happens, uh, I love it. And I love all the Klingon stuff we get to learn. They do such a great job with the Klingon culture as the show goes on and into the other derivatives of the show. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic Star Trek. Ah. Uh, I'm excited that you liked it because we're going to catch a nice little hot streak here. Oh, really? I think so. Next week is a pretty good one. That's what I hear. Next week's pretty good. And, uh, you know, season two has these big bright spots in it, like this episode. And um, there's more and more of those as as the show goes on. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Is that it? Yeah. Keep listening to Patrick. Keep giving us reviews. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to Politicked Off. That's my other show on Peaches and Hot Sauce Network. It's a politics show that I do with Zach Mast. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, those five-star reviews, big deals. Big, big deals. Yeah. They help us out uh, a lot. They help other people find the show. And there's a lot of Star Trek shows out there. So we'd love to come up higher in the search if people are looking for Star Trek. So please give us a five-star rating and then write a really nice review. And when we get new ones, I read them on the show. So if you want it read, you got to leave it. <laughs> I know. It's a pretty big prize. Yeah. A pretty big prize. Super Star Trek celebs. You can make Pat say anything you want. Any- oh, oh, shit. Yep. Oh, boy. That reminds me. There's another show we're working on called Dungeon Rats. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're a couple weeks in. 
Patrick Winnegar plays the legendary character Chad. Uh, he's pretty great. Uh, and it's an interactive dungeon crawl over at the One Shot Podcast Network. Uh, it's every Monday-ish. Uh, we got two Mondays left, I think, that we're going to do in a row, and then we're going to go to a, every other Monday schedule, so it's easier to maintain. Uh, but that's at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG on Mondays at around 8 o'clock. And then you can find the archives at One Shot Podcast on uh, YouTube. Uh, listen to Making New Friends. I'm plugging so much stuff. Follow me at Pat Likes to Tweet because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Pop. Sauce. Peaches. Peaches.